0: Welcome to the How to Write a Book podcast, the show that helps you plan, write, and publish your book, even if you're a beginner or just feel like one. Now, for your host, she's written over a dozen books and helps others bring their books to life. Here she is, Maciel. Hey everybody and welcome to this video where we talk about talking head syndrome. So we're going to talk about how do you know you have talking head syndrome within your manuscript? What is talking head syndrome or otherwise known as THS? And also a couple of like notes and things you should be looking for so that you can fix that and also find it within your manuscript. So here we go. Also, I want to give a shout out to uh, the live masterclass that is happening this Friday, February 26th at 12 p.m. um, Pacific time. I hope I didn't say Eastern earlier. Pacific time. And um, we're going to be diving in my top three strategies for beating writer's block. So if you have been staring at the blank page, if you feel like you can't write, if you feel totally overwhelmed by the book uh, writing process, but you are serious about writing, you know that you are making this year to write a book, then sign up for the free live masterclass. We're going to tackle those top three ways to beat writer's block finally. Um, So you'll find that link within um, my Instagram bio um, and also in a couple of links. So make sure that you follow up there and also sign up because this is the first one where we're going to have some amazing deals. Um, We're going to have some amazing bonuses, um, some extra things that like I know that they cost like thousands of dollars because I've done them. I actually have invested in this stuff. So I'm really excited to share that with you guys and I hope that it really helps to push you forward. Um, And then also, um, don't forget, we have the Patreon accountability group that is on Patreon. You can find that in my links. So if you need a group support, you can find that there. And then also i released my latest book for the How to Write a Book podcast series. And that is the book journal. So you can find that actually at a promotional discount uh, between now and fr- Friday, February 26, which is going to be at 99 cents. I hope you enjoy that. And um, let's dive in. Okay. So talking head syndrome, what is it? So talking head syndrome is essentially something that I, I see often within first time writers, um, and in their manuscripts, what you're going to encounter is when somebody's really just talking at each other. And if you had put these people like on a stage, they would literally be on the stage facing each other and not moving. And they would be sharing dialogue. <laughs> and usually what's going on within, um, this type of scene is that writers are trying to set, um, Um, exposition. And they're also trying to establish background and environment. Um, Now, all those things are important, but if it makes your character stand still, then it's not doing you any favors. So with talking head syndrome, what it's going to do, it's going to still your writing. And um, what readers are going to end up encountering is that they're not going to feel really pulled into the scene. They're not going to feel like there's actually depth. Instead, it feels really flat, and it feels like your characters um, are kind of just prototypes. They're essentially Robots on the page, and you definitely don't want that. You don't want your, your reader to ever disengage or to ever not be committed to a character. You no, know, that it really is about characters. That's what our stories are about. It's about seeing characters thrive or go through situations. Um, so if you have talking head syndrome, and this might sound like you, um, there are a couple of ways to be able to identify if your manuscript is suffering from talking head syndrome. So here we go. So tip number one is to ask yourself, when was the last time that your character moved? Now you can uh, really do this by looking at your manuscript and asking yourself like, okay, my main character's name is Bob. You know, when was the last time I actually had it in my manuscript? You know, when is Bob moving? Was he driving the car? Was he getting groceries? When did I actually move him across the room? That is one of the first things that you can look for is looking back into your manuscript and seeing when was the last action item that they actually performed. And you might be surprised because um, you'll have somebody You know, actually talking, and I'm gonna put air quotes around that. They're talking, um, and they have never actually moved from their spot. So they'll be like, "Hey, Joan," and the Joan will be like, "Hey, Bob," and they'll start asking each other about like a murder mystery case, or like uh, maybe like they're on a police report. And meanwhile, they're saying like, "Hey, how are you? How are you doing? Um, It's good to see you. It's good to see you as well." Um, And so all they're doing is making you feel like you're watching a day-to-day interaction. And that is not what books are supposed to be for. We're supposed to be transported out of our daily lives. So look back and see if your character hasn't moved in a while. And you can go back and read and find out where they are. And you never know. You might actually have left them in the car like two chapters back. <laughs> like you're actually like, oh, they're actually supposed to be back at their house by now. Uh, but when we don't take note of where they are physically, then it can get lost. And it definitely happens. I mean, that's happened to me as well. So don't feel bad about it. Um, just know where are they. <laughs> so this way you can put them in the right place. Now, the second way that you can tell if you have talking head syndrome is actually looking it out like on a map, essentially. And you don't have to draw the map, but you can if you want to. Um, I love like scribbling and drawing. So that's something that always like kind of perks me up. Um, but asking yourself, take us a, a scene out and ask yourself like, okay, hey, like um, this person is exchanging dialogue with someone else. Now, where exactly are they in the room? Okay, so say you have somebody, um, who is going to go to the coroner and they need that report. So they enter the building and you know that you have to get them from the entrance back into the coroner's like office or like the morgue where they held the bodies. Um, and you also need to make sure that that person is interacting the way a human would interact. So, if, for example, you have a police officer, you know, this person's already very familiar with the morgue, with the coroner. Um, this is their job. Unless they're a rookie, then make sure you take that into into account. But if you have a seasoned officer, this is something that they do regularly, or perhaps it's um, a new situation and it's usually their partner, you know, then why is that? Take that into consideration, how they are acting and where you would put them within that building. So If you have a seasoned police officer, he's going to enter that building, he or she, excuse me, he or she um, or they will enter that building differently than someone who is not familiar with that building. That police officer is going to walk in with confidence and assurance because they know Who they're going to? They're going to, I don't know, Betty at the front desk. You know, they know Betty. They had dinner with her once or something, and her kids. You know, that's the kind of background I want to know. That officer is going to go to this person with confidence. Hey, I'm leaning on the desk. Hey, I'm actually playing with that pen that you always have this fuzzy thing on. Or hey, I'm actually not even going to go to the desk. I already know you well. enough. I'm going to go all the way around to the back, I'm just going to say, hey, Betty, I'm here. I'm going to go to the back. I'll see you there. You know, all of that needs to be taken into account. Where's the stage? Where are they interacting? And also, what is their background to get them to that point? All right, versus somebody who's new. Maybe you have a rookie, or maybe you have somebody who's not even a cop, but they're not supposed to be there. Um, And so they enter the building with caution. They have no idea what the layout is. They walk in. What's the first thing that you do when you enter a building? You don't know. You walk in and you hesitate at the door. You're like, okay, I'm taking in my surroundings. Where's the front desk? Where's the person I need to be talking to? And also where's the door to the morgue, right? I'm looking for that as well if I'm brand new to this building. So take that into consideration and then ask yourself, where on the stage am I going to put them so that that can better convey what's going on within the scene? You know, what kind of emotions are we going for? Let's go back to that person who shouldn't be there that person who shouldn't be there. You know, maybe they want to go get the body for whatever reason, right? I don't know, maybe they're part of the murder or maybe um, it wasn't the right person, you know, they know it's like the evil twin, but they want to go see the body. So what are they going to do? You know, you put them into that into that area and you're going to ask yourself, are they going to move slowly? Are they going to move quickly? Are they going to try to distract the person? Are they going to fall, you know, just to maybe create some sort of diversion, you know, and use that as a way to ask yourself are those things at play when you look at your scene or your chapter? You know, And if that person is stuck on the stage, if they are still in point A and they're not at point B, then you know that you are probably suffering from talking head syndrome because that person is just talking and they are not pushing through the scene. Tip number three is um, how big is your dialogue and your page, right? So um, especially dialogue. Now I see this a lot as well. So sometimes we will have People who um, they have a paragraph of dialogue, and um, essentially they say, "Hey, Betty," he said, or she said, or they said, and then they kind of go into like, "We're working on this case, and this is everything that we're struggling with, and we also don't know why this person is dead." And so then it's a whole chunk of dialogue. Now, if somebody's talking for that long and that big, that means that they're not moving. And why do we know that? Because visually it's on the page. Visually, it looks like a big square. And you need to break it up. So if that person it needs to be moved and they do need to be moved, or they need they need to show some sort of action or or moving on the stage, then you are going to break up the dialogue. The dialogue needs to be broken up. You know, maybe a couple of sentences at most on the page. So you have maybe a sentence of dialogue, then you have some movement. Maybe they're playing with the pencil, maybe they're moving across the office, then you have a couple more dialogue between them and the, the the characters and then you have some more movement and then you have some more dialogue, right? So the dialogue should be broken up. If you have a huge chunk of dialogue, it means that person is talking at the other character instead of talking with and conversing on a human level. So that is another way to tell if you are suffering from talking head syndrome. Okay. And, uh, the, uh, final tip here, actually have like a bonus tip. Um, but tip number four is comparing your page to the page of your favorite book. Now, um, pick a book that you love. Remember one that you read recently? Like, oh, yes. I love this scene. I love this chapter. It was amazing. Go ahead and take that out. You know, look at it. Look at it on the, the, the screen. Look at it on, and physically on your, in your hands and compare it to your actual page, to what you've written. Now, visually, It should look similar. You know, it should look like um, you have um, some breaks in the paragraphs, like you should have some pieces of dialogue, some that are shorter and others that are longer. In a lot of ways, Crafting the book on the page is a lot like musical notes. The, the notes can go up and down, they get short and they get long. So, take that into consideration. So, we're gonna use that page out of your favorite book as an example. Um, it, it should look close to that, you know. And of course, they're not always gonna be the same because you might have a different pacing in your scene, or you might have different types of characters, or action, and action will like totally change the pacing of the sentences. Um, but if your page has has tons and tons of just thick text, or maybe it has barely any text, then and and you compare that to a page of your favorite book, it's going to give you an idea that you might need to add some more or you might need to remove some so you can get it closer to what your favorite book looks like. All right. So those are the top tips. However, we do have a bonus tip here. um, And that is that remember that physicality is important. Remember that actions do speak louder than words so what do i mean by that i mean that we of course want to have catchy dialogue we want to have like really um witty characters but a lot of the times we as human beings we actually interact on a level that is very physical it's a lot more um I would say primal. Um, When we don't like something, we physically show it. You know, our faces change, our bodies change. When we feel like we're in danger, we automatically change. We change our postures, we change our voice, we change the way that we look at something. When we're in love, we are way different. You know, we are very open, we're very wide eyed, and we're very, uh, maybe even um, giggly. So um, keep that in mind that there are things that the human body can do that tells us more than me just saying, I'm in love with you, or me just saying, oh, I hate you. You know, I never want to speak to you again. You know, the dialogue is always useful, but actions can really drive a point home. Actions can actually tell a reader something when the dialogue isn't. And that might be even more helpful to you depending on what you're trying to convey. For example, if you're writing like a murder mystery, sometimes... And many times, actually, the the suspects are going to say, I didn't do it. Like, I didn't kill that person. However, their body language, what they don't say, is going to leave hints for the reader throughout the book. Because when you get to the end of that book... You want it to be a surprise, but you also want the reader to say, oh my gosh, of course it was that person. Of course, because they were doing all these things and that makes total sense now, you know, but they didn't see it during the book. So that's why physicality and actions are super important. So keep that in mind as you're writing. Um, All right. And as we said, we have that live masterclass on February 26th at 12 p.m. Pacific time. Um, The first uh, masterclass, I don't know when I'm going to do another one. Um, I'm really excited to share what I've learned uh, not not only through my coaching, um, but also through my own writing. And 2020 was a big year, so um, don't miss out. You can also sign up and you can catch the replay after. So don't feel like as if you're like oh my gosh, I can't make it at that time. It's totally okay. Sign up anyways, and you can still catch the replay later. So remember, this is going to have some really big items, really big bonuses, things that I'm like, wow, I actually can't even believe I'm going to be offering some of this stuff. I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know, because it really is about getting that book. Um, it's about getting it out of your dreams, you know, and onto a shelf. That's what I believe. You know, your dreams shouldn't shouldn't sit on a shelf. Your book should sit on a shelf. All right. So um, thank you. And again, don't uh, forget that accountability group on Patreon. Also, if you like the podcast, please consider leaving a review. I always love it. And it helps other people find the podcast because how the algorithms work, which is really interesting. And then also, um, the latest book on the How to Write About a podcast series has come out. That is called The Book Journal. Um, it is on promo until Friday. So we'll see you there, y'all. And then, of course, as always, I love hearing from you. So thank you so much for everybody who's written to me. And keep writing. You can do it. Um, just keep moving forward, you know, one step at a time. You got this. Bye. Hey there, writer. Thank you for listening to the How to Write a Book podcast with your host, Maciel Valenzuela. If you like the show, we'd be happy if you left a review. For more information on writing and the writer's life, go to www.themaciel.com. That's ww.t-h-m-a-s-s-i-e-l.com. We'll see you on the other side.